It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. Thanks so much for downloading us today. We are back October 2nd, 2018. BYU in full swing, getting ready for Utah State this Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll break down some of Kalani Satake's comments from yesterday's press conference here in this first segment. Second segment, we'll catch you up on what's going on with former BYU players in the NFL, how they performed in week four of the season at the pro level. And then the final segment, a new commitment for the BYU football team. We'll talk about Keanu Hill, who he is, what BYU can expect from the new wide receiver commitment they received just this morning. That's all coming up next right here on this podcast. Once again, thanks for downloading the show. Today's show is brought to you by insert your company name here if you're interested in advertising with us please reach out locked on byu at gmail.com also reach out on social media if you so desire my dms on twitter are always open at jacob c hatch you can weigh in that way on the show at any time also follow the show's tw- own twitter feed at locked on cougars also search us out on facebook if you so desi- desire that's at locked on cougars as well all right let's break into it kalani satake spoke to the media yesterday breaking down what he learned coming off of the Washington route uh, and he, he he was frank about it. he said we played our worst game of the year he said Washington played about as well as he he had expected or even had seen to this point in the season and he said we played our worst game and he said that's the result a 35-7 route that wasn't even that close he said the good news is now his team has a game that's on Friday night versus a Saturday. It's that much sooner. So here was his thought on facing Utah State on a Friday night and why he's so excited for it. I wish it was today. We need to play better football, and the only way to do that is get to the next game. And so we put this game away with Washington, learn from the mistakes, and get to this one right away. And, and our guys are excited. And we'll be ready. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun on Friday. There you go, Kalani Satake. He wants the guys back out on the field, and I, I would tend to agree. I think the players would also be in agreement with that. They want to get it back out there because – they were not competitive in the least against Washington. They know it. They realized it. And hopefully they've, they're taking steps to rectify that because if they go out there and have a similar type performance against Utah State, the offense for the Aggies is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jordan Love running that offense is in full control. They play at warp speed. They play very quickly. And if they get on a roll... BYU's defense is going to find it hard to slow them down. It's going to be incumbent upon BYU to make sure that they come into this game not overlooking the Aggies, make sure that they're prepared to take on what Utah State offers. David Yost, the offensive coordinator, was a former Oregon assistant. They know what they know what they're doing on offense, and they do it very, very well. Granted, they haven't um, rolled up the 3-1 and record they've got against the same level of competition that BYU's got. We'll talk a little bit later this week about... Uh 
about the strength of schedule for BYU and how their three and two uh, record to this point in the season measures up. Um, some interesting rankings out there putting BYU very high in the strength of schedule early in the early part of this season, the first month. So we'll talk about that later in the week today. Got a lot to pack into the show, so not gonna have as much time. Kalani Sitake also talked about what he expects from Utah State in general. Kind of gave an overview of what the Aggies offer on all three sides and all three phases of the game. So here was his thought on the Utah State Aggies under Matt Wells' direction. Oh man, high power scoring offense, a really good defense too. And so I know a lot of coaches on that staff and they're going to be ready. And this is going to be a big game for them, just like it is for us. So there's a lot going into this game. We'll be excited. They're, they're excited and well-coached team. They're really good players, good scheme. I like what they do on offense. They go really fast and we'll have to be ready for that. And uh, defensively, they tackle well. They do the fundamental part of the game really well. And they have a really good kicking game too. I think their field goal kicker is really good. It's just been really impressed with their team and looks like they'll be ready to go when, when we play some on Friday. There you go, Kalani Sitake talking about the Aggies overall. Dominic Eberly is the kicker that he is mentioning there. A Lou Groza semi- Award semifinalist a year ago. The award actually went to Utah kicker Matt Gay. So kind of funny to see two guys from the same state out here in Utah be among the three semifinalists for the top kicker award in the country. I think the good news is BYU finally has a kicker after seemingly a decade without a reliable one in Skylar Southam. Of course, Kalani Satake and his team took a battering against Utah State a year ago, 40-24. to And BYU was in this game early. It was a 24-21 to game at halftime. He thought that the Cougars were hanging in there. Bo Hodge looked absolutely phenomenal in the short stint he had on the field. But then BYU goes out in the second half. Multiple turnovers, pick sixes, and it turns into a 40-24 to route for the Aggies. Coach Satake acknowledged yesterday when he spoke to the media saying that there is a little bit of a revenge factor here for the Cougars when they take on the Aggies Friday night. I love these games. I mean, I, I think just being familiar with our opponents has been really cool. And knowing that uh, there's some history from last year, you know, and want to get a better result. I mean, I believe we started 21-0 last year in that game, and they came fighting back, and they ran away with it. You know, we made tons of mistakes in that game and didn't play a full game. So I feel like we've we've improved a lot more from last year to this year and still haven't played close to as good as, as I think we can. So that's it's midseason, so what a great time to do it than, than this Friday. And it'll be fun, you know, give it everything we got because we have another day to rest. And so we'll get ready for it with that mindset. You can believe BYU remembers what happened a year ago. They don't want to let the Aggies win a second game in a row, I believe, since the first time in the early to mid-1970s. This this rivalry has been a rivalry in name only for most BYU fans over the years because BYU is so dominant in the series. But if the Aggies win this one, I believe it's four wins in the last nine. It'd be two in a row, and... This is it'd be a legit rivalry. You have to win games on both sides to have a rivalry in in theory, like to have a healthy rivalry. And that's what Utah State's shooting for this Friday. It should be interesting to see if BYU can stem that. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see where it shakes out on Friday night. Finally, BYU will need all hands on deck, especially on defense, to slow down the Aggies' defense. The good news is, according to Kalani Satake, that Diane Gonwoloku and also linebacker Zane Anderson are on the mend. They're getting better, and he hopes to have them back this week.
Specifically, like, Diane should be able to practice this week. Zane practiced last week, just wasn't able to go when it got closer to the game. So he'll be ready to go today. So we'll, we'll see what happens when we get to Friday. But I'm hoping that those two guys can play. That'll help us out a lot. I mean, they're two starters, you know. Butch been, has been battling with some injury as well. So there's a lot of guys banged up and got some hurt. But right now they're still able to play and still able to compete this week. So we'll see how the competition goes this week and what best 11 can get on the field for us in all three phases. There you go, Kalani Satake talking about the injuries. And if he gets both Diane Gunwoloku and Zane Anderson back, that'd be a boon to this BYU defense, especially with Anderson with his ability to cover guys at that linebacker spot playing the flash, flash linebacker position. They need all hands on deck because the Aggies are going to be a handful. They've got plenty of weapons on offense, and BYU, as we saw against Washington, struggled when they don't have their top-line guys out there. All right, we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back, talk about former BYU players in the pros, how they're doing in the NFL. Fred Warner continues to get it done for the San Francisco 49ers. Some other guys having big weekends as well. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. If you are interested in advertising with the show, please reach out. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Happy to talk over things with you. Kind of see what you're looking for and see how and see how we can help you in terms of advertising your business. We've got unique downloads all over the country and a lot of people here in the state of Utah. So whether your company is a local focus or a national focus, we can help you out. Please reach out. All right. Uh, talking about BYU players in the pros, six players saw action over the weekend. Once again, Ezekiel Ansaw continues to miss games for the Detroit Lions. That shoulder injury he suffered in the first half of the season opener has just lingered on, which is unfortunate because he was having a great game to that point. So hopefully he's able to get things figured out, get back on the field in short order. But let's run through the other guys and how they played. We had two players who actually played against one another, former BYU players that is, over the weekend. Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers uh, got a 29 to 27 win over San Francisco where Fred Warner plays and Davis actually had his best game to date in terms of stats for the Chargers. He came in as a substitute in the win. He recorded one special teams tackle and also forced a fumble. Unfortunately, the fumble went out of bounds before anybody could recover it, but that's better than nothing because in four games as a substitute, that tallies his entire statistical uh, output for the season. One tackle, one forced fumble, but like I said, it's still good to see Michael Davis contributing at, as, after making the, the Chargers as an undrafted free agent. We'll talk about the other side of the ball here with Fred Warner. Of course, he started again at linebacker for San Francisco at that Mike linebacker position. 
Anderson. Ruben Foster actually told the media, I'll let Fred wear the headset. One defensive player gets to wear a headset in their helmet to relay plays from the sideline. And Ruben Foster actually ceded that responsibility to Warner. And Warner continues to play extremely well. He's the first player since Luke Keekley, who is Mr. All-Pro Everything linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. He's the first rookie to to tally double-digit tackles in his first four career games. He recorded uh, four solo tackles in the game against the Chargers, six assisted to give him 10 on the game. He played all of the snaps on defense, as well as almost half the snaps on special teams. He is now number two in the NFL in solo tackles with 32 on the year, also number two in total tackles with 43 total. Absolutely phenomenal. Fred Warner is is a revelation for the 49ers. I know they drafted him in the third round and thought he could be a contributor, but to be a steady starter, I think, has been a revelation for San Francisco. Uh, moving on to Green Bay, Jamal Williams. He started again at running back for the Packers in their 22-0 shutout of Buffalo. He carried the ball 11 times for 27 yards. He didn't play that much, only 28 snaps in the game. On the season, he started all four games, which is the good news, but he has 47 carries for 162 yards, also five receptions for 28 yards. Um, I know that there's been some talk out of Packers camp that Aaron Jones, who's been competing for playing time alongside Williams, might be the better runner in terms of a slashing style. Uh, Aaron Rodgers making that comment, but the one thing that Jamal has in his favor is he is the best uh in terms of blitz pickup, he's the best blitz up, blitz pickup guy that the Packers have, which means he's going to be on the field still, regardless as if they really think that Aaron Jones is the better player. So hopefully, Jay Swag Daddy keeps it up. His celebrations continue to make memes all over the place on Twitter. Had some good ones over the weekend as well. You can check those out. Check those out on Twitter. All you got to do is search out Jamal Williams, and they'll pop up. Another linebacker who had a good weekend was Kyle Van Noy playing for the New England Patriots. He started at linebacker in their 38-7 win over Miami. Actually, now that I think about it, we had two games where players played against each other. My apologies. John Denny played for Miami. So we'll talk about John in a minute. But Van Noy, one solo tackle, two assisted tackles, as well as a quarterback hurry, one fumble recovery, and one special teams tackle during the game. He played 31 snaps on defense and six on on special teams. He now for the season as a starter has 11 solo tackles, 9 assisted tackles, one pass breakup, that quarterback hurry we just mentioned, as well as the fumble recovery that he got on Sunday. He also has one tackle for loss and one interception on the season. Uh, it was a big game for New England to bounce back with a win over Miami after having a rough start to the year. A lot of people wondered, hey, could the could the Miami Dolphins flex some muscle and show a changing of the guard in the AFC East? And, of course, the Patriots said, yeah, right, no chance. I mentioned John Denny. He was the long snapper for the Dolphins in that loss to New England. He played eight snaps on special teams. He recorded two assisted tackles in the game. So now after four games on the season, he's got one solo tackle and those two assisted tackles. Can he be that Iron Man, longest uh, tenured player in Miami Dolphins 
on the Miami Dolphins currently. One of the longest streaks in terms of starts in the NFL currently as well. All right, and then finally, as we wrap up this segment, Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army Knife. He plays tight end, running back, wide receiver, kick returner, uh, wildcat quarterback running, what every position he plays it essentially. He rushed four times for 28 yards, including a 19-yard long run of the day. Completed one of two passes for 10 yards. That came on a fake punt. He also caught a pass went for negative four yards and also had a 16-yard kickoff return. He just does everything, essentially. Hill played 15 snaps total on offense Sunday in New Orleans. 33-18 win over the Giants. 21 of his snaps came on special teams. So he just continues to get it done, everybody. He's a Swiss Army knife. I know a lot of people out there are fascinated with the ways that New Orleans is using him, but I think he enjoys it. Taysom Hill is just a fantastic football player. I think that's the biggest takeaway is his ability to just go out and make an impact and play ball. And Sean Payton continues to believe in him, gives him opportunities to do different things. I think the assistant coaches realize how good of an athlete that Taysom is, and they're they're utilizing him. And that's going to benefit him, regardless of if his long-term position is to be a maybe a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I think a lot of people still harbor doubts about. But the fact that he can play special teams and can play specialty roles allows teams that potentially may sign him in free agency at some point to envision what he can offer to a team. There you go. Uh, players that contributed over the weekend, but of course we have some other news we need to talk about and that is we are adding a player to the active roster that is a former BYU Cougar, and that is Bronson Kafusi. He was signed to the New York Jets practice squad after being cut by the Ravens on roster cutdown day before the season. He has been elevated to the active roster, so congratulations to Bronson. He is back in the game and in a corresponding move the Jets also signed former BYU linebacker Harvey Longy to their practice squad. Of course Longy was with the Patriots. He played one game before being injured in that horrific car accident with his life. Um, he'll get another chance in the AFC East with the Jets. Hopefully uh, he gets a call up to the active roster and we have another player added and we'll be tracking Bronson as he plays this week. It'll be exciting to see what he can do had injury concerns with Baltimore, some non-production that ultimately led to his being cut. So hopefully he latches on and sticks with the Jets, who are a team on defense in particular that is quite good. So congratulations to both Bronson Kafusi on being called up to the active roster and also Harvey Longy being signed to the New York Jets practice squad. Both guys getting new opportunities in the pros. All right, we will take a time out here. Before we do, though, I want to talk to you guys about about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. You can find seats to any of your favorite live events. I know a lot of you listening to this are sports fans, so you can go to sporting events, concerts, theater tickets, and more. Of course, Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. And listeners to the Locked on Cougars podcast here, 
can get $20 off your first order of $200 or more by using the promo code locked on. What you need to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code locked on to receive that $20 off your first order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Of course, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by their 100% buyer guarantee. So go check it out. That is Vivid Seats using the promo code locked on. All right, new commitment talking about Keanu Hill next. This is Locked On Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. You are locked on Cougars. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, October 2nd edition of the show. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Uh, Let's talk about some recruiting. I know this is something we haven't really covered much in the early part of the first month or so of this podcast, but there hasn't been a lot to talk about recruiting-wise. Well, today that changed. BYU picked up a commitment on Twitter earlier this morning. Euless Trinity, uh, of course, in Euless, Texas, Euless Trinity High high school wide receiver Keanu Hill announced on Twitter that he is committed to BYU. Uh, a decent commitment. He's rated as a two-star prospect according to the 24-7 sports composite uh, .78 rating. Normally to get a three-star status, you have to be a .80, a .80 or higher. Uh, but the interesting part about Keanu Hill playing at Euless Trinity is you don't usually see wide receivers uh, get commitments from a team that runs the ball all the time. They are a veer option, the downhill running team, but Hill is a decent player. Six foot three, 190 pound prospect. Uh, he had 40 catches, I believe, on the, oh, sorry, 26 catches. I apologize. Only 26 catches in 2017 as a junior, 426 yards. Uh, and in the system that Euless plays, it's similar if you look at the option teams in the college game. Let's think of Georgia Tech. Their wide receivers, yeah, they maybe only have like 20 catches on the year, but you look at the numbers and they have like, yeah, four or 500 yards. So they're averaging over 15 yards a catch, and that's exactly what Hill is doing. He's averaging 16 yards plus of reception. And it's because the, the passing game and the offenses that Euless and the other teams run there in a similar vein, it's all it's 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 deep balls. They're they're trick plays. They're play action that go deep. So that's where his tr- production comes from. The good news is, is though is that Keanu Hill is a big body. Like I said, six three, hundred and ninety pounds. He comes from a football family. His dad Lloyd Hill was a first team All American wide receiver at Texas Tech in the early nineteen nineties. Later drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL in the nineteen ninety four NFL draft. And here's a name that if you're a Cowboys fan will resonate with you and shows how much of a football family the Keanu Hill comes from. His uncle is former Dallas Cowboys all-pro safety Roy Williams. 
Of course, Roy Williams, one of the greatest safeties in NFL history, if you ask me. I think he was a great player. And it shows that Keanu Hill has got good bloodlines coming to him. He's going to be an interesting prospect. Like I mentioned, he's a two-star kid, but that may be affected by the fact like I said, that Euless Trinity runs the ball all the time. 426 yards is nothing to sniff at. He is in the midst of his senior year. He would be a 28, 2019 recruiting class signee. Could sign in the early signing period this December or in February. I'm sure BYU will push for him to sign early as most programs around the country have kind of opted for this early signing day to actually become the normal signing day. But he has, he'll have his choice, and he joins uh, Chase Roberts, an American Fork High School product, as the two wide receivers currently committed to the Cougars in their recruiting class. Uh, running down who is currently committed to BYU, uh, just so you guys have an update on that. Of course, the crown jewel of this class currently, Jacob Conover, the star quarterback out of Chandler High School in Chandler, Arizona. Great player there. Chuck Alatini, who is a, a defensive end, defensive line prospect, at Timpview High School, if I'm not mistaken, Tausili Fiatoa from Kahuku High School, formerly of Orem High School, linebacker slash defensive end prospect. There's also Michael Daly from American Fork High School. Not sorry, Michael Daly's not American Fork. That's Chase Roberts. Michael Daly's from their rival, Lone Peak High School. Great player, defensive end. Had five sacks in a game that I was able to watch earlier this year. A fantastic player in his own right. Blake Freeland, an athlete out of Harriman High School in Harriman, Utah. Could play anywhere from tight end to defensive end to defensive tackle to offensive tackle. He's a big body. We'll see what happens after an LDS mission for him. Brooks Miley, a defensive end out of Pineview High School in St. George, Utah. A tight end prospect in Ethan Erickson from Kahuku, Hawaii. He joins Tausili Fiatoa as the two Hawaii prospects in this class currently. Carter Wheat, a tight end out of Mesa, Arizona. There's plenty of tight ends in here, even though BYU's got a lot of tight ends on the roster currently. It shows you that BYU wants tight end to be part of their focal point when it comes to this offense. And you're seeing kids respond. Erickson and Wheat, most notably, being tight end prospects. And Blake Freeland, like I said, could end up there. We'll see. The two other, uh, one other to mention to you is Bruce Mitchell, who is an offensive lineman slash defensive lineman prospect out of South Summit High School. South Summit High School in Camas, Utah. So there you go. That's the list of commitments Keanu Hill joins. And when he, with his commitment to BYU, like I said, a member of the 2019 class. I'm interested to see um, if he gets more looks from recruiting uh, gurus now, the 24-7 guys, etc., and maybe see his recruiting uh, prospects go up. He had an offer from Wyoming. He was getting interest from Texas Tech, where his dad played. So a decent um, pickup, I think, for BYU. Curious to see how he adjusts to playing in a system that doesn't feature the run so heavily. Maybe his route running will need to be refined to a certain degree. Because like I said, in these type of offenses, normally you're running nine routes or a streak down the field or a post and catching deep balls. We'll see how he does in kind of that mid-intermediate passing game. But another commitment for BYU, the 11th of their 2019 class, which one other note, BYU's, BYU 
BYU's recruiting class this year is going to be small once again. A lot of returned missionaries coming back. So I wouldn't expect this class gets bigger than maybe 15 to 18 commitments when you normally can take up to 25. It's just a result of how BYU has to balance their roster with guys coming and going on LDS missions. So congratulations to Keanu Hill. We'll see how he looks when he joins the Cougars, but he is the newest commitment to BYU and a two-star recruit, and he'll be joining BYU next season, hoping to bolster that wide receiver position. All right, that's the show for today, October 2nd, 2018. Please uh, give us a shout-out on social media if you so desire. Share with your family and friends. You can find us on Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. Search out the show, the community, on Facebook, LockedOnCougars as well. You can drop us emails at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Whether it be a question about the show, interest in advertising with us, or whatever it is, feel free to reach out. And also, you can find me personally, my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. Once again, thanks for downloading us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Only one day to talk to the media this week, which means uh, we'll be packing some more interviews in throughout the week and getting those today. Hoping to catch up with a few guys when I'm at practice later today. And of course, we'll have it all covered for you right here on Locked on Cougars. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day